0: I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Friday. Welcome back to another Q&A episode. You know, today I had to switch office teas (laughs) and I'm not happy about it. I usually have the candy cane green tea from Trader Joe's. It's like decaf green tea, Um, but I think it's seasonal, but y'all it is such a good tea. And I am grieving its loss. Um, I bought the Moroccan mint green tea from there and it's not the same. It's it's totally fine obviously but it's just not it's not quite hidden. I think the candy cane had like some sort of vanilla undertones or something and I, I really miss it and that's that's the truth over here. But um, today I am answering two questions texted into the podcast phone line all about routines and habits. And as a reminder, you can call or text your questions into 828 338 9127 I answer every single one that comes through on one of these episodes. So please, please, please don't hesitate to text or call them in. Now let's get into question number one. How do you follow through with a new intention? Example, your nature journal. You had a new idea. How did you go from thinking of an idea to setting the frequency and taking action? If the frequency isn't working, how do you evaluate without inviting criticism into the mix? I have many ideas of what I'd like to do, some big, some small, but I struggle to know how to start because I don't know what is quote unquote enough. For example, let's say I'm inspired by you, which I often am, and I want to start a nature journal too. Should I do it whenever I feel like it? Should it be every day? What if I can't follow through? Because of that, I get stuck overthinking, feeling like I'm stuck because I don't know where to start or how to measure. I also am afraid of feeling overrun by all the things I should do even if they're good things. Would love to hear how you go from idea to implementation. I've noticed you say this wasn't working for me, and it seems you're able to let go of what wasn't working. How do you do that without being hard on yourself? Thank you for reading and for your input. I appreciate you." Oh, I appreciate you too. Thank you for writing a question in. Um, so, first of all, I just want to empathize with where you're at. Like, this is so relatable. The sense of like i have so many ideas i don't know where to start how do i know how often i should be doing it how hard should i be on myself when i'm not doing it so yes super honored that experience very relatable and i'll get into what i do and how i think about it and then we have a second question and i think answering that second question is also going to support you so just stay stay tuned for that um so the first thing i think is to identify what need this habit or routine is serving so for example the nature journal for me honestly started because i found a journal i really wanted my husband had it it was like a dark green moleskin journal that was like large and i was like man i love that journal i wish i had some hobby that would allow me to use that journal. I think that would feel really fun. And so the only need or purpose that nature journaling offered me was like a creative outlet that would let me have this journal. That was that's it, you know. And I think for that it's very low stakes, you know. The loss of me not doing it, there's no personal failure because it only exists because I thought it sounded fun and so i think that's the thing to keep in mind is like identify the need that it's serving and adjust your expectations your regularity your input discipline with that in mind so low stakes are this sounds really fun high stakes are i could lose my job right and so What's our in between space and how do we adjust accordingly? So, I think it's like to some degree a measure of motivation and discipline. Motivation not being something that we just comes to us, but something that we create for ourselves. And discipline being a commitment, right? Like a time specific commitment. So, let's say nature journaling is something that I would like to turn into a career. Like, I want to become a a botanical illustrator and so it well all of a sudden the stakes go up like what i am needing it for is much more high stakes than just like this is like a fun little hobby so therefore i'm going to implement some structure to support my ability to continue showing up and getting better so maybe i will say and i'm basing my structure with the need the appropriate amount of need paired with my capacity and we have to be extremely honest with ourselves when it comes to capacity and capacity is not static right like what what my capacity is this week is very different than what my capacity will be next week potentially month to month but we we do our best to estimate right so let's say okay i have one kid who is in school full-time and goes to after-school care so I really have until about 5 p.m. to myself once the kiddo goes to school how much of that is work how much of that is free time or is it you know maybe I'm making time after they go to bed what is my available time and then how much energy is that going to take from me and then how much can I do so for example let's say that's my situation and reasonably it would only feel good to me to work on this on the weekend and so maybe I say I do one drawing a week and then I commit to that process for an extended period of time so I say okay I'm gonna do one drawing a week for three months now here's the thing is that that's not saying like I'm a failure if I don't it's saying I'm committing to this because I'm taking this seriously, and if something comes in or I miss a week, like it's not the the biggest deal. I'm just gonna hop right back on. I won't have to say if I miss a week, then it's over. I fail. I give up. It's like I missed a week, recoup. Let's get back into it. I'm a little off track from what I've outlined here, so I'm gonna kind of bring myself back in. So, um, really, what I'm saying is make sure your expectations correlate to need. If it's a fun little hobby let it be a fun little hobby. Like don't put a ton of structure and expectation around it. If you would like to turn it into a job, do commit to it for a time, really prioritize it and let that be important, but don't give yourself a hard time if you can't show up every single time because that's just gonna demotivate you, right? It's gonna make you lose the desire to show up because if every time you don't show up, you feel like a personal failure, well, it's not gonna support you, right? And showing back up. And then the third, you know, let's say the third tier is like, you actually could like lose your job for this. That's what we need to take really seriously. That's when we need to be like, okay, this is like a glass ball that could break if I drop it versus a plastic ball that will bounce. I love that analogy one of you gave to me and I, I'm going to hold it forever. Okay, the next piece is switch it up when, when your needs change or when you realize that it's not matching your needs. So again, we're identifying your need. First, what's the point of this? You know, and then if that need changes, then it gets to change. There's no reason to hold on to something that is no longer meeting the need that you intended for it to meet. So if your need changes, meaning, okay, right now I really need a fun little hobby, but next month I need just to like numb out and slow down and rest, maybe that fun little hobby needs to isn't supporting you anymore or let's say you are all right i want to become a botanical illustrator so i'm committing to doing this nature journal but then you find that like the nature journal is not actually helping you to get there you actually need to prioritize education instead and so we're focused on the need we're trying to meet not the habit the habit isn't the answer the meeting of the need is the answer, right? So focusing instead on the goal and like what's our intended outcome instead of what's the pattern of behavior that we intend to do to get there. Like it's totally okay to switch course because you have the same route in mind. This is just like a detour on that route or maybe you took you took one road and then you found out that road was a dead end and you need to like turn around and take a different road that might get you there faster. All right, the next piece I have is is I'm not hard on myself because, again, it's not that serious, you know? I really believe, in general, the consequences to these sorts of things are so low. It doesn't say anything about me as a person. It doesn't say anything about me and my capacity or my capabilities, you know? It's really just, the, if if I don't do a fun little hobby, again, ever, that's okay the worst consequence of that is that I look back at my life and I go oh man I wish I'd kept up that fun little hobby but here's the thing is we can just pick that little fun little hobby right back up at any time like that moment that regret comes in it's time to just pick up that little hobby again like it's not it's not so deep you know and I also think you know life is so short truthfully like Life is so short, so this concept that, like, I need to perfect myself, refine myself, show up consistently all the time, be in perfect control of myself, I think isn't really the most fair expectation and really just wastes our time. Like, the time that I'm spending obsessing over if I'm failing or not is time that I could be spending enjoying something else, you know, doing something that feels nourishing or supportive or fun instead. So if I start to notice like those negative self-talk voices come in, I might ask myself like is this how I want to use my time or could I be using it in a way that feels more fun, more supportive, more encouraging? The next thing is I'm trying to prioritize my commitments, right? So like for me as a seven, I have limited capacity to commit. I don't want a ton of commitments and constraints in my life. And so My commitments, and I'm putting them in direct order of how I prioritize them, are my mental health, my family, my coaching clients, my podcast, and my creativity, my ability to make new things. And so those are the things that to me are my like glass balls, the things that I really want to make sure I'm holding on to, I'm not dropping, I'm keeping going all the time. Everything else is plastic. Right. Everything else is going to bounce back if it drops. Everything else is low priority, can be a little more fluid, can be a little more, you know, flexible. I don't have to be so precious with those things because I know what my priorities are. And my priorities for me are mental health, family, coaching, podcast, creativity. Right. And that is that is where I'm putting my like precious discipline structure energy And then everything else can be a little more fluid and flowy and playful. And sometimes structure can support me in being playful. And I'll bring it in for that. And we'll get into that more in the next question. But I just want to be clear, like, know your commitments. And then when these things are, you know, when you feel like, okay, I can't sustain this or this isn't supporting me anymore, you can move on because... It's not doing its job, the one job it had, and it's not a priority, so why are we doing it, right? It doesn't actually have a purpose anymore. And then with starting the Nature Journal specifically, you know, I just do it when I feel like it. I think that's just like something to know. Sometimes I feel like documenting like what new thing blooms every day, and I'll do that. But often um, I don't feel like doing that, so I'll just take a photo if I see a new bloom. And then I'll go back and I'll draw it. Or maybe I won't ever draw it, you know. I just kind of do what I feels fun. Because its only job is to be a fun little thing. And then going from idea to implementation. So, again, mine started with the journal first. Like, I wanted that, something to build into using that journal. And then, so, I had to think of, like, what could I use this journal for, and I came up with nature journaling because it also is a really good presence practice for me. And so then I was like, hey, I'm gonna buy the journal. I have a reason to buy the journal. And then the journal sat on my desk until I was ready to use it. And I wasn't ready to use it until like the first few blooms popped up. Now, here is what I feel like is helpful to keep in mind. I already had a habit of journaling, right? I've been journaling since I was nine years old. So that habit was already built. I also bullet journal. So I had all the supplies already. I didn't have to like go buy a bunch of art supplies to make this happen. Like that was like a, a path of least resistance. Um, I'm an assertive type. So starting things isn't the hardest thing for me. Like I love to to take action. Um, so I want to be clear that like your path could look completely different. Let's say you have never journaled a day in your life you don't own any of the supplies you are maybe a withdrawing type so action is like a hard thing for you it takes you know it's a hard thing to start something new so keep your circumstances in mind when considering something like this so okay it's slower for me to take action so what's a really low bar that i can hold myself to to build out this like habit or this thing I want to do once a week make a date with myself to like do this thing that sounds fun that could be a really good place to start once a month maybe would be a better place to start you are in control of what is a low bar for you the second thing is like okay let's say you've never journaled ever before in your life so like you're building out a whole new habit again like what's the lowest bar because if we can start with the lowest bar of expectation, we can always build on from there. But if we start with a really high set of expectations, then we're more inclined to feel demotivated. And this is is brain chemistry too. Like we get dopamine release from accomplishing things. But if we set ourselves up to not accomplish things, then we can actually like lose our access to that dopamine. So if you lower if you have a lower set of expectations, it can actually inspire more action versus having a higher set of expectations that can actually demotivate you. So I really think like what's my lowest bar of expectation I can set for myself so that I can take a, take more action long term. But again, I really think the second question is going to bleed into some of the things, the themes that are showing up in this first question. So stay stay with me here for the second one. The second question that came in said, I'm listening to episode 20 about routines. I don't have any. I've always wanted some as they seem productive and comforting, but I feel like I'm almost unable to make and keep them. I test as a nine, but I identify so much with the seven, with my fear of being trapped in relationships, routines, et cetera, that I wonder if... If i am a seven any thoughts so yes definitely have thoughts <laughs> first let's decide if you're a seven or a nine so here are the things i would consider if you're on that fence between those two first thing to keep in mind is sevens are assertive types meaning they are future oriented action oriented when they have something that they want they push against things in order to make it happen nines are withdrawing types so let's say there's stress or conflict they pull away they withdraw they're more oriented toward the past they are slower to take action next sevens are quick starters but they're also quick quitters so um sevens are typically like okay i'll do that I'll do that I'll do that not necessarily because they th- are struggling to say no to other people their expectations more so out of fear of missing out on something that could be fun or a really good opportunity for them or like something that could like launch them into the next phase of a career so they might say yes for that reason but then say kind of take that yes back in realization that like maybe there's something more exciting they want to do or they don't have the capacity they thought they had then nines are typically slow starters although they are quick to say yes typically for other people's priorities not necessarily for their own. And they often don't know what they want. They don't know what they like, what they enjoy, what who they are. They can be really out of touch with what they want, what they need. Finally, sevens fear self-denial and not being satisfied. They are focused on like, what do I want? What do I need? They're self-referencing. Whereas nines fear loss of connection. So they tend to prioritize other people, other people's needs, other people's opinions and may even silence themselves and their needs. So they are others referencing. They're focused on like, how is everyone else experiencing this? So hopefully that can help you a little bit. Now, depending on your type, you're going to have likely have different struggles. So for nines, I would encourage you to get to know yourself first. You know, what do you like? What do you need? What, what is the need that this routine is trying to meet? And then it's about really mustering the energy and the drive. Um, Because nines can be a little, they can numb themselves to the point of being tired even, or being lethargic, or not having motivation to do things. So how can we kind of muster that energy, muster that drive? And it's really about building it into a habit. And in order to build it into a habit, you might have to be a little bit strict with yourself for a season in order to make it your new normal, meaning, okay, I'm going to do this every day for a month and then reassess, or I'm going to do this one day a week and then we can, you know, for three months and then really see how it's feeling, you know, take note of it, but building in some structure so that it can't even have a chance of becoming a routine in a habit so that you can, uh, it can expend less energy. Because the newer something is, right, the more energy it's going to expend from us. And so, yeah, at the beginning of a new habit or routine, it's not easy, right? It's not necessarily like natural or easy or fun. It takes practice. It takes energy. It takes um, focus and attention. Now with sevens, we're quick to start, but also quick to quit, right? So how do we know when it's time to quit? It's about, again, those little commitments, that sign, that saying of I'm going to reassess this at this date. That way you're making the decision not out of a response to discomfort or pain, you're making the decision out of a neutral place. So maybe you commit for a month or three months and then you say, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to reevaluate it from a place of neutrality versus just like, this is really stressful. This is really frustrating. I don't like the way I'm feeling right now, so I'm going to go ahead and bounce. Next is a fear of being trapped. So that's a reality for sevens, right? It's like, is this routine going to suffocate me? So with that, I think just what's a small thing you can add in in the morning and in the evening that you can really look forward to, something fun that you can build into a routine. Um, It's helpful if you have a consistent sleep schedule and maybe that's the first routine that you build, but I want to acknowledge sometimes, like, I don't know what your age is, but that's easier as you get older. It, it's really hard to do when you're like in your 20s and you're socializing all the time. And, you know, it's it's different. So a consistent sleep schedule is really supportive and maybe the first habit to build if that's possible. <laughs> um, but if not, you know, one thing each morning and one thing before bed that you actually look forward to. So for me, I'd choose like to brain dump in the morning and to read before bed because those are things that really support me and I really enjoy. But you're going to need to identify what you need the most in the morning and at night and then choose yours. So, for example, if you need to prioritize tasks in the morning, maybe you write a win the day list, just like what are my top three priorities today, and that's enough. Um, if you struggle to get off your phone at night and put the phone away and, and get a good sleep, then maybe you have a, I put my phone away by 9 p.m. rule. That could be really supportive. Whatever it is for you, you need to assess like, what do I need? What feels fun to me? So that you can build those routines in and then just commit for a time. So in general, for both of these questions, at the end of the day, we often struggle to start and keep routines because they aren't routines yet, right? Right. Because they're new. And, and it's uncomfortable to do them until they aren't new anymore. Just like going to the gym and working out and building a new muscle. Like, I was just telling my husband, like, I was able to do more weight on my um, chest press than I've ever been able to do before. And I was so proud of myself because I upped the weight. But normally, what I was doing is I would, like, go for a few weeks and then I would take a couple weeks off, and then I'd go for a few weeks and I take a couple weeks off. But because I'm going consistently and I'm doing the same exercises, working the same muscles, I'm able to like increase the weight that I'm doing because my muscles are getting stronger. So a little bit of consistency helps us to build capacity, right? Ooh, I like this little rhyme. A little, <laughs> consistency helps to build capacity. So Yes, we do need to use a little bit of discipline until it becomes a habit so that it can be easier to to sustain. However, I really like to put curiosity before discipline. So instead of going like, I'm just not doing it, I need to follow through. Instead, ask yourself, what is standing in the way of me doing this habit on a regular basis? Is it that I think it has to be done at a certain time? Is it I think it has to be done at a certain frequency? Am I putting too high of expectations on myself? Am I, is there something else that's preventing me from having what I need to do this? An example for me with going to the gym, one of the obstacles that gets in my way is that I like to dress up for work. I like to like f- dress nice. And so if I, and I don't like to drive back and forth. So let's say I dress up for work. I don't want to go home and change and then come all the way back out to go to the gym. And oftentimes like I would feel like, okay, I'm packing a bag. I don't like the feeling of like packing a bag every morning before I go to work. So instead I just have a bag that's always packed in my car at all times. And so then I can always go to the gym. And then if I go to the gym, I go home, as soon as I put those clothes, I go to like, after I get out of the shower, I immediately pack the bag again and then put it by the door so I'll take it down to my car the next time I make the trip, right? I eliminated the obstacle. Instead of focusing on I'm not disciplined enough, how can I eliminate the obstacles that are in my way and do make the easiest path, right? The path of least resistance to the thing that I want to do? A focusing on the need and satisfying that need, not on the behavior. Okay, and then finally, just build one habit at a time and start small. I think it's that simple, right? Like if, if you take nothing else away from this, one habit at a time and start really small. Make it minimal. Make it as easy as possible. Eliminate as many obstacles as you can and really give yourself the best possible path to success so that you can re- Check it off of a list, release that dopamine, and and motivate yourself to do it again. And as my final reminder, these habits are here to support you. Keep them in their proper place. You cannot fail at them because they are not things to fail at. They are only things that are either supporting you or not supporting you. That's their only job. And if they're not doing that job, then find something that will. I hope that this is helpful. I hope it was linear enough. I got a little, I got on a couple of tangents here and there, but I hope it was supportive. And as a reminder, if you have questions, you can always call or text them in to 828-338-9127. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you Monday for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old.